Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Anna V. Escamani, candidate for Florida House 47. We had a really great chat, and honestly, our time just flew by, so I don't want to take too long to get to our conversation. As the end of 2017 is quickly closing in on me, I have been doing that thing we all do and looking back on this year. It's easy and not totally incorrect to say that 2017 was a giant dumpster fire of a year. And it's not even over. I mean, by the time you listen to this, Alabama could have a legit pedophile as a senator. But even with all the truly awful things that happened and were uncovered in the last 12 months, we can't actually write the whole year off just yet. Women started the year by raising our voices and saying, you will not ignore us in a worldwide protest. And look how we're ending it. We're finding our tribes and our voices and saying, no more. We're leading organizations, starting nonprofits, and running for office. We're calling elected officials and making our wants and needs known. People all over aren't okay with what's happened to our country and our democracy. More than ever, we're participating in the process. For many, 2017 will be known as a giant raging dumpster fire. But I think for more of us, 2017 will be the spark that ignited a flame. So we had to push back our interview because you were going to a protest. So, yeah, and thanks for pushing back the time for me, too. We had a last minute protest planned outside of Senator Marco Rubio's office. And as as folks probably know, Marco Rubio is a Republican senator uh, here in Florida, and he continues to avoid his constituents and uh, do his part to ignore the needs of Floridians. And he's been doing that from day one. And so we actually have rallies um, at his office every Tuesday since the elections uh, um, results came in. And so this really? one, yeah, it's been a, a, a consistent, uh, persistent reflection of the resistance in Florida, without a doubt. And um, to that point, uh, today, on a Sunday, a rally took place um, really because of the GOP tax plan um, in an effort to elevate awareness, to get more people engaged, to call the members of Congress and try to disrupt this process of really passing legislation that, A, is so incredibly unpopular across the country and mm -hmm. B, hurtful to, to families and middle class folks and working class folks, um, but also just poor governance. You know, the, the way that the Republican Party passed this bill is, is pretty offensive and appalling. And so, um, you know, doing our part to make sure everyone knows that. Because for me as a candidate and as an organizer, it's really important that we do our part to teach others the issues and engage with as many people as possible so more folks understand uh, their power in the process. Very cool. Well, I have a ton of stuff that I want to talk to you about. Okay. <laughs> because you are an interesting candidate. <laughs> I'm excited so, to be here. Let's get you introduced. Okay. So who are you and for what are you running? All right, so my name is Ana V. Escamani, and I'm an Orlando native, a daughter of immigrants, uh, a, a working class family, and I'm running for House District 47 in Florida. And where in the state is that located? So we are in central Florida. So city of Orlando is probably the largest landmark um, uh, city-wise for us. And uh, we do sit alongside the I-4 corridor, which is the swing area of the swing state. 
And that's like a huge determining factor in a lot of elections. It is. Yeah, this is where presidential elections are decided, is in the I-4 corridor. And you're stretching from coast to coast from Orlando to Tampa. And it really is a seat that uh, actually has more Democrats than Republicans, but we haven't been able to secure this seat um, for the last four years. And so we've had a Republican representative who has sat in it, and he's actually now running for Congress. So the seat is open, um, Mm -hmm. which is really, which was uh, actually something I didn't know would happen. I was uh, making my plans, uh, thinking that I was going to run against the incumbent, and then he actually decided to um, run for Congress in June 29th, and uh, I announced my bid on July 3rd, you know, to be the first Democrat to declare and really get this um, get this work started so that we could build momentum and take it with us into 2018. Is your election in November? Yes, it is in November. Okay. Uh, we would have a primary in August, but at this point, I'm, I'm the only Democrat in the race and feel pretty confident that it will stay that way, too. Okay. So why did you decide to run? Well, I have uh, grown up in Orlando my entire life. I'm born and raised in Central Florida. And um, as I said before, I grew up in a, in a working class family. Both of my parents came from different parts of Iran and um, did their part to achieve the American dream in this country. Um, my dad went to um, University of Central Florida while he was a waiter, um, getting his engineering degree and raising three kids. Um, my mom had an accounting degree that she could not use. It was from Iran. And so she actually worked at fast food restaurants and um her last job was at Kmart as a, as a department manager, and she passed away from cancer in 2004. And so I've always committed my life to lifting up others and to service. And I actually do serve as a senior director of public affairs at Planned Parenthood of Southwest and Central Florida. And I've worked at Planned Parenthood for about six years. And my story with Planned Parenthood started as a patient when I was 18 years old looking for access to birth control. And so uh, I'm running because we need more people like me in Tallahassee and more people like me in legislative bodies across the country. Um, I'm running because I care deeply about people, but I also think it's, a um, you know, what inspires me is as I was encouraging more women to run for office, because I do feel firmly that we desperately need more elected women in office and it would have such an impact across the country. But as I was expressing this to others, encouraging them to do and offering my support as, as someone with, with experience and, and um, resources, they would turn back at me and say, why aren't you running? And it was that realization that if I didn't take this courageous jump to run for office, there would be so many women that wouldn't do it either, um, that would see me as someone with potential but not take the chance, and, and they would hold themselves back. And so it really is um, in an effort to inspire more women to run for office. And I I feel like we're building a playbook here in our race where we can help other women succeed. And actually, I'm going to Tampa next week to facilitate a training um, with other women candidates running on that side of Florida um, on how to tell their personal story for social change. Because I I do think it's important that we have more women's voices um, that are not only powerful, but persuasive um, as candidates and as leaders in their community. One of the questions I try to ask is, have you always been political? But just from looking at your website, I know that's true. Because <laughs> Well, I'm a I'm a firm believer that the personal is very political. Yeah, and at the age of ten, 
you collected petitions with your classmates. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, one of my um, best friends uh, at the time was being moved to a new class, and I refused not have lunch with Julianette Vega. So I, I did launch a petition and, and did a did like a, you know a cover letter to it and had my classmates sign it and presented it to the principal. And uh, you know I actually did not win that campaign, but it, it wouldn't be the last time I organized for a cause. And I grew up you know remembering my mom always talking about politics in Iran and how bad they were and how she never could go back to Iran to see her sisters because of the politics to the point where when she passed away, she hadn't seen her sisters in about 15, 20 years. And that, wow. that's, those are tragic stories. And so when, when I couple that with, um, you know, Trump's aggressive, aggressive um, anti-Muslim rhetoric and policymaking, um, anti-immigrant, anti-environment, I mean, you, you know, literally attacking not only the foundation of what makes this country so great, but also the, the dynamics of like, you know, working class folks, middle class folks, um, folks that um, have felt marginalized or left out at some point in their life. And I refuse to allow others to feel that way. And, and that's been a big part of my about my my aspirations is just to make sure that, you know, we always lead with empathy and that everyone feels like they can play a role in civics. And uh, that's why, you know, I'm so honored this campaign has already earned the support of over 1,100 people who've donated to us, raising $147,000. Oh. Yeah. And that's pretty unheard of in a state house race this early. Um, Mm. And and we're still raising money. We're knocking on doors every weekend. We're doing what we got to do to sustain a strong victory, but also lifting up others in the process. So why you right now? Like, what pushed you to say, yep, this is my time right now? Well, it was uh, the November elections had a big, a big impact on me. Um, Watching how Hillary Clinton as a woman candidate was treated. And no matter what your perspective is on Hillary, uh, whether you supported her or not, there cannot be no question that she faced a double standard as a as a woman in politics. Um, Ever since she was a proactive first lady, she did. And you saw that you saw commentary on her appearance more than um, her context. Um, You saw male uh, members of the media interrupt her a lot more than they would um, Donald Trump. I mean, all these microaggressors, some subtle, some not so subtle, um, gave her this deep disadvantage all because she is a woman. And I look now at all the stories of sexual assault and harassment being shared across the country, and we realize quickly that Um, You know, women continue to face disadvantage in in all work environments, whether they're political or in the private sector or in the media. And having more women in positions of influence and decision making will dramatically shift um, access for more women to to be in in these positions, but also just more women having the sense of confidence to push back um, and to to fight for their, their existence. And then as a reaction, I think we'll see more men embrace that and feel comfortable with women in power and we'll see less double standards in these spaces. And so, you know, for me, it was really much this this dynamic of just the desperate need for female representation office, but also knowing that if I don't run, other women won't run and I can help more women succeed by, by winning my own campaign. 
and of course, fighting for the interest of District 47, which is an incredibly diverse and beautiful community that I'm honored to, to call my home. And um, this is where Pulse Nightclub is as well. Um, District mm-hmm. 47 is home to Pulse. And I do a lot of work with the LGBT community and was at Pulse the day it happened um, with rapid response work and doing my part as, um, as a community member and as a, a leader of Planned Parenthood to respond and be a safe place for people. And so um, there's just a lot of purpose for me in this work. And I realized that um, if I didn't make this leap right now at this time, there would be so many other people behind me who wouldn't do it either. Female candidates get a lot more aggression toward them personally. Were you concerned about you know, not only running as a woman, but running as an Iranian woman or Iranian American woman? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am very aware of the opposition and working at Planned Parenthood adds to that as well. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. my first volunteer role was as a health center escort at Planned Parenthood, walking patients inside the health center while we have protesters outside and making sure they feel safe. And so um, the climate is even more elevated today than it, it ever has been before. And so I am, I am very aware of the risks associated with running for office and just being a public official. I refuse to let that paralyze me from doing what I know is critically important work. And so um, I, I keep all that in context. I'm, I'm very thoughtful to the safety and security of our staff and volunteers in this campaign. Um, and I, I'm very much aware of the you know dynamics that will come at me once things get more heated. I mean, there's already been comments around, you know, uh, send her back to Pakistan, which again, I'm Iranian American, but for most folks, <laughs> they just toss them all together. <laughs> yeah. And so um, there have already been you know some aggressive um, um, efforts to intimidate me, but I refuse to be intimidated. I think that. Um, it's actually one reason why, to your point, that women don't run for office is that we mm-hmm. face these, these type of attacks on our appearance, on um, on our identities, on multiple levels. And so um, I, I do I do have a deep sense of resilience. I just remind myself that, you know, I'm on the shoulder to so many other women before me. And that keeps me focused. Um, so I... I I know it's I know it's already here. I know that these type of tactics will get worse, but um, we focus on what matters, and that's people, and that's the people of House District Forty Seven. That's Floridians across this great state, Floridians who don't even know who I am, but because I will serve in the legislature, I will be able to have a direct impact on their lives, and that makes it all worth it. Why did you choose running for the Florida House rather than something either more local or something more national? Oh, that's a great question. The House just really speaks to me. Oh, my gosh. And working at Planned Parenthood, I have um, had the opportunity to work with a, a many members of the Florida House and, and State Senate, in particular Republicans, um, because our legislature is majority Republican. Right now in Florida, mm-hmm. out of 120 members in Florida House, there are 40 Democrats, to give perspective. Um, and 25% representation of women in the Florida legislature wow. in total. And that's actually the national average. So it's yeah. um, it's 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 pretty disheartening that these are the folks who are representing, you know, a very diverse state. Um, and, and I've had the honor of working with Republicans in the sense that they are willing to talk about Planned Parenthood and listen to our issues and 
maybe even sometimes break party lines to support access or at least not restrict access to reproductive health care as politically motivated as others are. And so having the opportunity to actually work alongside members of the legislature has also given me the opportunity to see its dysfunction and to get a firm (laughs) understanding of um, the standard of elected official and how that needs to change. Um, And unfortunately in Florida, and I'm sure it's like this in other states too, you know, the salary to be an elected official is very low. Um, In Florida, it's a part-time legislature. So you only get a salary about 30,000. And so what ends up happening is that most people who run for office either come from wealth or they're retired, which is one reason why so many women are closed out of running for office because for many women, we don't fit those categories. And I am still mm-hmm. working full time as I navigate this because I have to. Um, I'm a middle class, uh, a middle class Orlando native. Like this is um, a, a, a passion for me, but it, it also uh, is coupled with my my day to day activities. And I'm um, I'm also a PhD student at the University of Central Florida. I'm an adjunct professor there. So, you know, like many women, I, I wear multiple hats in the community. And and I do intend to prove and inspire other women that this is possible, that you don't have to come from wealth to run for office, that um, we need more voices like yours. Uh, because at this point, honestly, there is such a lack of incentive to compromise in, in places like the Florida legislature because it is so one-sided in party makeup. And I do think that having more women in office um, not only leads to um, diverse perspectives, uh, but also uh, more bipartisanship. Uh, research tells us that women of different political backgrounds are more willing to work together compared to male counterparts. And they also work a lot harder because women, uh, women face pressure to even to do more and prove themselves that they deserve to be there. Um, and so elected more women is a win-win for a lot of people. And I'm excited to, to shift the chamber and, and uh, play a role in the Florida House to you know, really make this the chamber for the people, which is what, it, which, what it's originally meant to be. So you're working full time. I am. You're getting your PhD. Mm-hmm. You're teaching. Not this semester, but yes. <laughs> How do you find time to do anything? Mm. Well, there is no uh, social life, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, everything is committed to my work. Um, I was at the Planned Parenthood office um, very late in the night on Friday. And so, um, and today is Sunday, and, and uh, we have a canvas we're kicking off, and then a house party that I'm attending, and then um, eventually uh, get my flat tire fixed. And then I will head over <laughs> to get dinner with my grandmother who travels between here and Iran. And, and so it is a lot. Um, and, and it's one reason why it's really tough for women to do because many of us are caretakers for children and, and sometimes our elders. Um, for me, it's very purposeful. And I just remind myself that if that, you know, I have, I had the opportunity to lead real and meaningful change and not leave anyone behind. And so the sacrifices that I make personally are absolutely worth it. And so I'm not going to have a vacation. I'm not going to have any, any real time off. Um, there's, there's many all-nighters I've already had to pull, and I know more in the future to get things done. But it's, it's absolutely worth it because there are people that are truly counting on me and I, this sounds a little dramatic, but I, I have on my mirror, I wrote, if you don't win, more people will die. And, and I 
I let that sit there for months now because it's a reminder mm-hmm. of just what is at stake that there are people dying each and every day because Florida never expanded Medicaid. Um, there are people dying each and every day at the hands of guns, um, whether they're uh, illegally accessed or legally accessed people and children are dying at the hands of guns. Um, there are just so many issues that if we just made intentional efforts to create policy that is proactive, that is smart, that is bipartisan, that is really focused on on making life better for all people and not just a select group of people, then we're gonna we're gonna change lives for everyone. And I'm a firm believer that if the Democratic Party, it's it's not about one group over the other. It's about all groups lifting us up together. And, and letting the tide rise for all of us. And uh, I, and I want to bring those values to Tallahassee. So what are your core issues? Oh, excellent question. So, um, you know, we're just getting started in regards to like rolling out policy platforms and kind of selecting the, the bills that we actually want to file. Um, mm-hmm. You are limited as a House member in Florida to how many bills you can actually sponsor. So we're uh, in the process of doing town halls and, and house parties and listening to our community to get a better feel for what are the issues that, that we really want to lift up for the district. Um, with that point, uh, there's four main issues that we kind of anchor ourselves in, and that includes healthcare, education, the economy, and environment. Um, specifically to healthcare in Florida, mental health is a really big issue for us. And in the district as well, because as I mentioned, this is where Pulse Nightclub is. And that resulted in um, incredible trauma for the entire community of Orlando, uh, from those who were at the nightclub to those who lost family and friends, um, to our first responders who uh, were at the scene and continue to struggle to, uh, to have a sense of normalcy with PTSD. And so uh, Florida ranks 50 out of 50 in mental health funding. Um, it is a disgrace to the needs of people. And as we continue to see um, you know, these acts of violence, and not just violence in the sense of mass shootings, but even just cases of domestic violence and intimate partner violence, we know that mental health is a key component to solving these problems. So that's something that we're very passionate about, and we know that we can secure bipartisan support on it as well. And uh, in Florida... We, we typically tie mental health to drug programs, and uh, I do think that that's important, but mental health just on its own deserves it deserves more attention and funding. But we also have the um, opioid crisis here in Florida that um, deserves more attention and more resources, and I do support the um, access to medical cannabis, which Florida has really dragged its feet on. And I, I feel pretty confident that opening up access to medical cannabis will also help in reducing people's addiction rates for pain because it will give folks more access to a different method of, um, of um, you know, pain alleviation versus some of these harder narcotics. All right. So how can people get involved with your campaign? Well, the best way is to check out our website, which is just anaforflorida.com. That's with two N's. And so if you go to honorforflorida.com, you will learn more about ways to get involved from volunteering to making a donation, um, just signing up for our emails even, keeping posted. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I think that the more um, attention that we get, the better. And if you have folks who live in District 47, definitely spread the word. Um, let them know that we're, we're on the ground doing this work. We have a campaign office already open. We're knocking on doors every weekend and really excited to uh, get folks plugged in and help you play a role in, in this very important work. Last question. 
So what is your advice for a woman who is thinking about running for office? Oh my gosh, I give this um, advice all the time. So I really appreciate this question. Um, you can find your mentors. That's the first thing I would say is if you want to run for office, find your mentors because you definitely should run for office, but you need guidance on when, how, and really where, um, you know, what level of government do you want to run for? And I think mentors can help coach you in regards to, you know, is this the best um, time for you to run? Have you uh, made the necessary steps to have the ability to raise money? Um, the having mentors is critical. And I am so honored to be a mentor to other women or any any young person uh, who might be a first-time candidate and wants to look for these um, these areas of advice. And so folks look to me for guidance too, but looking for your local mentors, whether they're folks who've done this before or people who have the experience, um, build that network and have those relationships because it will definitely help, especially in moments of, of uh, contemplation or stress. You definitely want those mentors um, by your side. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's it for today. Huge thanks to Anna Escamani for chatting with me. She's pretty freaking awesome, and you should go check out her website. It is AnnaForFlorida.com. It's F-O-R Florida. You can also find her on social media. She is at AnnaForFlorida on Twitter and Facebook, so that should all be easy to remember. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy it, tell a friend about us and email me at she'srunningpod at gmail.com if you know of an awesome woman who is running for office. I'm also looking to revamp the pod's music in 2018. So if you are, or if you know of, a lady musician, please send her my way. It's not a huge gig, but I've got an idea of what I want to do, and I'm looking for some musically talented ladies who can help me do that. You can find and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at She's Running Pod. Hit me up, say hello, and give us a follow. You probably won't regret it. <laughs> That's it for today. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. A lady musician. So if you are, or if you know of, a lady musician. Why can't I say this word? So if you are, or if you know of a lady mu musician. <laughs> <laughs>